0: <laughs> How could the one gate you know in Buddhism they talk the five senses, yes? Hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching. And they add another sixth sense, which is the mind sees thoughts like the eye would see a bird fly by the window. Yeah? The mind sees thoughts. So it's the sixth gate. So let's say the traffic of this one gate, which is seeing thoughts, yes? yeah, yeah, yeah it seems to be able to override the five other gates it overrides what's smelling right feeling seeing tasting and touching yet those five other gates are grounded in what's happening yeah you're not seeing anything other than what's in this room yes you're hearing what's ha- what's the sound that's moving in this room you're not hearing 5 weeks ago you're not seeing 8 months from now you're not smelling like a casserole that you ate four weeks ago now you may think you your mind can conjure up a memory of it but <coughs> very rarely can it really deliver the goods now yeah. so those five gates are primarily about what's happening yeah seeing hearing feeling tasting touching. This gate is primarily about what's not happening yeah? now what would why would the mind Put more value in what's not happening than in what's happening. I would say because the idea of being you, yes, is truly not happening. You are not a long lasting independent separate entity. You are not rooted in being here. You can't discover yourself here. You cannot find Mary here or Paul or Deb here. You will not find an inherent separate entity somewhere here. You can't. Look. Ask a question, who am I? See if anyone shows up. But in the past and the future, you appear unbelievably through thought, don't you? Because when the conditional mind thinks about you, it thinks about you as a body. When I think about me five years ago, I think about myself as a body. When my mind pictures that event five years ago and rehashes it and goes over the resentment and they fucked with me, the they are bodies and the me is a body, yeah? And then when I worry about me in the future, the me is sort of contained in the idea of being a body, yes? I couldn't worry about me as a spirit. I mean, seriously, oh, my spirit was really you know it looked bad about 5 weeks ago i shouldn't have worn that outfit for that spiritual party you know made a bad bad a fucking mistake that no you can't <clears throat> think about spirit you can't capture it yeah it's not in the past or the future it's a living expression now yeah <clears throat> so if if what you what your mind is taking you to be is a which is a body and what that body is is truly just like i'm seeing you That body is a you, isn't it? It's an object. I'm seeing all these bodies right now. You, 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 Maybe there's 50 more people here. You, 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 you. I can now put 8,000 people, I'd still be seeing you bodies, yes? You, 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 you. Two million people. You, 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 you. The event, the experience would be I, Yes? That's what we call it. I seeing, which is conscious contact through this one gate called vision. I seeing you. One you, 800 yous, 8 billion yous. Whatever I'm gonna see is gonna be a you, yeah? Or that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> okay, now in your, where you're sitting, you're having the exact same experience. There's the I, yes? Seeing, and now this I, from that point, is, see, is seen as a you, yeah? Yeah? So everyone in this room is seeing this as a you. <coughs> I'm seeing all of these as yous. Yeah? <coughs> but, in every experience we're describing, there's one constant in every experience, yes? And it's the I. Yeah? Each, each you looks different, but it's the same eye that's seeing. Consciousness, awareness. The same eye is seeing all these different yous. Now, you get eight people, 20 people, 8 billion people, they're always going to be a you to me. And if they took a vote on who I was, the vote would be, you're a you. Yeah? From your experience, I cannot be anything other than a you. Yes. Now what happens? So the eyes there, the eye is seeing. it's the same eye that's seeing every out of every one of our heads it's not in the head it's sort of everywhere so the eye is seeing seemingly from our feeling it's seeing out of our head but it's just seeing yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i right. now when i ask myself who's this i my mind gives me an answer it's me yeah now what's a me it's only a you yeah that has been wedded with the i so the consciousness is moving through this you the you has a has a brain its sense of that movement it doesn't want to say it's i yeah because then it wouldn't be valuable as a you so it calls it me which is a body yeah claiming which is the mind claiming the consciousness and giving it to to the body as an attribute. So I'm the one who's seeing, I, me, 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 me. And there's only one me in this room. Where you're sitting, that's the me, 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 yeah? Now, no matter how many yous there are, there's only one me. One you, eight billion yous. There's only one me. This is being identified as a self, yes? the conscious contact which is what's happening conscious contact means there must be something that's conscious that's in contact i would say it's consciousness it's not you <laughs> you're just a body yeah you are a body that's what you are an object something's moving through the body <clears throat> but the body because it has a brain has made a little mistake. It says, I'm I'm what's moving through as a body. So it can't be spirit, so now it can't be consciousness because it's already a body, so now it's saying, I am conscious. Yes? I'm the one who's conscious. I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching, I'm thinking, which is a mind-boggling move. Yeah? To... What would happen if I said, hey, you know, are you digesting your food? Are you doing that? Do you have a to-do list every morning and i got to digest that burrito before 10 or I won't be able to catch up the rest of the day? Yeah. Oh, I forgot that fucking pizza a week ago. I can't go out tonight. i got to sit home and digest. Yeah. It sounds weird, right, that you're digesting your food. But it doesn't sound weird to us that we're thinking the thoughts, which is a much subtler event than digestion. Yeah It sounds funny. Oh, you're digesting your food. You're not digesting the food, the body is. But when it comes to thoughts, you're the thinker. When it comes to digestion, you're not the digester. Are you? Are you the one who's pumping the blood? Are you the one that's are you the one that's pissing or do you piss when it needs to piss, yeah? Can you shit when you want to? Or does the shit sort of tell you when you're going to shit? Yeah? But how, how, with that evidence, how can our mind make a leap and believe we're the thinker? Which is much subtler than digesting, yeah? It's a very subtle process. You don't see them, do you? You don't see thoughts out here. I don't see your thoughts. This, the thoughts that are seen are the ones that are popping up here, yeah? Seemingly in this location. Yet, to make that absurd leap from being the seer of the thoughts, then to being the thinker of them is mind-boggling to me. And I'll tell you, the suffering isn't in the seeing of thoughts. The suffering is being the thinker of the thoughts. Because then the thoughts are yours. <clears throat> it's just like a kid. No matter how much a drag it is, you can't do anything with it because it's your kid. Yeah? Just like if you go to a park and there's 30 kids playing, where's your attention going to go to? The one that's yours, yes? Why do you think you're bonded to ideas? Why do you think you're bonded to thoughts? You're not bonded to the thoughts by the thoughts. You're bonded to it by the thought of being the thinker. That's what bonds you to all the other thoughts. As soon as thoughts are seen as mine, it's a whole different ballgame. I'm telling you, I've waited. I have experienced it. We used to use this for 20-something years, you know? Put the word money up there. Put health up there. Put sex up there. Everyone, based on the situation they're in, would have a meaning to it, yeah? Money, if you didn't have any money, it would mean more to you than if you did, maybe, yeah? Money, sex, relationships. <clears throat> Everyone waving. all right, yeah, yeah. Now add one little word, my money. Totally different, isn't it? My sex, unbelievable, you write tons of stories about that. My relationships, novel after novel about that. What's the difference between relationship and my relationship? The act of identification. Yeah. Once something is identified as yours or about you, you're in a different type of relationship with it. It's much heavier. Just like if you're going out with a nice person. Let's say I'm going out with a girl, and having a lot of fun, and then uh, a couple months into the into the situation, one day I deem her to be my girlfriend. Yes. Yeah? As soon as the girlfriend becomes my girlfriend, I'm up on stalking charges five weeks later. I'm breaking into her internet, I mean her email, thinking I have the right to know what my girlfriend is doing, yeah? It didn't come up when it was this girlfriend. As soon as the mind comes up, a whole other relationship with that event occurs, yeah? <clears throat> that is called the act of being bonded to the idea of being a self, yeah? There must be a someone to have the relationship, if you're not the someone, then there's no claiming of the relationship. And to me, the relationship can flourish then. Once you claim it, once you make it yours, it alters the event un- very, very dramatically. Very dramatically. This is a this is one example that's happening all day. That's what all the mind's doing. Thoughts are being seen, but they're not seen as thoughts, they're seen as my thoughts, yes? Which thrusts you as the being, the thinker of them, and then those thoughts that have the ability to come and go are now orbiting around this little idea called you, yeah, all freaking day. <coughs> Some of the orbits are pretty long, so they seem to go away for a while, but they always return. Yes, the same theme: I'm a loser, or I'm a fraud, or I'm never going to be taken care of. Or a really good one: I'll never be loved. Yes, <laughs> I'm never going to get loved. <laughs> So, there is no long-lasting independent separate entity. There isn't. You are not the seer. You are not the hearer. You are not the feeler. You are not the taster. You are not the toucher. And what's seeing, you'll never see. What's hearing, you will never hear. Never, never hear it. What's feeling, you will never feel it. What's tasting, you will never taste it. What's smelling, you will never smell Yeah, it's not of anythingness it's no thing it's spirit it's awareness it's consciousness whatever name you want to indicate it it's not of form yes it has no qualities that you can touch and taste and smell and see and feel yet it's what's initiating all of the contact here without that without that quality of light there would be no life you're having there would be no thoughts you would see there would be no experience it's the, it's like it's like you know when you go to a movie how many people after the movie credits go away how many people start clapping for the screen yeah but the screen actually brought you the movie without the screen and the screen in early in the day could have been an incredible war story later on that night a romantic comedy but the screen's never affected by what's appearing on it None. not one bit None of the action, none of the blood in that ultraviolet movie leaks into the screen. Not one drop. If it's like about a tsunami, it never gets wet. It has total immunity to all that's happening on it. All that passes over it never affects it. That's what mind is like. Mind is like an open sky. Mind is like the open sky that allows everything to happen in it, yet it's not affected by anything that happens in it. Fourth of July explosions never open the sky. Not one time will you see the sky rent open by an explosion Not one time. Not one time will a plane run into a giant piece of sky up there. Not one time has it ever been reported. <clears throat> sky is like space. And when people describe a sky, they're usually describing clouds in it. They're not describing sky. The sky is just space. The clouds appear in it, and that's what people describe. Because they can describe clouds. It's very difficult to describe space. I would say mind is like that space, and everything else is happening in that space. But whatever's happening in the space doesn't affect the space. It would be nice to have a little of that immunity drop into your day-to-day life. So that you would travel lighter. So that instead of being so concerned about you, I and mine, you may be able to hold the space here. You may be, without no thought or effort, be an example of presence. Which is an incredible invitation and it may be being given and sent to people without you even knowing it. And that's the beauty of it, really. If you knew it, you'd make it into something. So in recovery, I was in recovery, I am in recovery, you want to call it, the community. Now, addicts and alcoholics are extreme examples of self-centeredness run riot, yeah? They're extreme examples of self-centeredness, that system of thought and interpretation. And in that extreme example, it's sort of like a nice way to get the message, because it's, it's painted with such broad strokes, it's easier to see. It's easier to see that any life run on self-will is not going to be successful. It's easier to see that self manifested in a lot of different ways is what has defeated us. It's easier to say, see that you're just not managerial, quality. You're not meant to be running a life. Yeah? You have no fucking wherewithal to process this place. It overwhelms you. So when you see that, it may bring you to the point, because a lot of people are trying to become free from that, yeah, from the effects of self, a lot of people. What do you think drinking was? Drinking was a way to get relief from alcoholism in my life. When I found beer, I got a little relief from alcoholism, which that idea, that solution actually verified the real problem, which isn't the drinking, it's the managing. Because that's what I came up with as a solution to alcoholism, was alcohol. And it worked for a while. But it had to be supplemented with drugs, and it went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And, on, and, on. <clears throat> and what was meant to relieve, it actually reinforced. And I found myself, without even knowing it, in an incredible dilemma. Self can't get out of self. So what I'm trying to seek relief from is self, but I'm trying to seek relief from self as a self. You can't get out of self as a self. You can't. I mean, I match my devotion to drugs with any spiritual devotee in the history of spirituality. I don't care who they were or what they were. I gave everything over to drugs. And I did it every freaking day. I prostituted myself every moment for years and years and years and years and years. No matter how badly it treated me, I still surrendered to it every day. Every day, every day. And if drugs could transcend this place, I would have been able to transcend this place. Because I was a perfect drug user. Yet, you can't transcend something you're not actually in. I didn't see that. I was given this place a reality, and my imperative was to get out of here. My wanting to get out of here made it more and more real. Until I realized, Jesus, I'm gonna let it be as real as it wants to be, then I saw it as unreal. When I was trying to make it unreal, as real as it wanted to be. It was like unbelievable. (coughs) And I experienced that self cannot get out of self. But what happens if you're identified as a self? First of all, you don't know it. You don't. You have no idea. And so let's say, okay, I have a desire to get out of this thing that's driving me crazy. I really do. I've had enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yet, I'm identified as maybe the source of all this being driven crazy. So when I try to get out of this situation, it's not like... When I was out there, I did a lot of cocaine, but I never became cocaine. There wasn't a point where I became coke. You know what I mean? People were trying to buy me on the streets. No, I never became coke. There was always a separation between me and drugs. We start from that point. We never even arrived at with our addictions to drugs. We start there. We're identified with the drug. The mind is addicted to the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's where we're starting from. No matter how bad we got, we never even arrived there through the obsession avenue. Yeah? But we start there. We're already identified. And now we're suffering the effects of that and we want to get relief. But this is the real catcher. You try to get relief as what's driving you crazy. Yeah? You try to leave that thing that's driving you crazy as that thing that's driving you crazy. <laughs> oh! It's such a, an ex, actually an exquisite Situation, if you're out of it, to watch, because you really believe you're doing everything you can to get out of it, but you're doing everything you can as it. <laughs> so even if it arrives at a solution, it's a problem very quickly because it's the problem. It's sort of like in alcoholism when you take an alcoholic and you drop it into heaven, it'll be hell in a day. You'll find some fault in heaven very quickly. <laughs> So the big, the big boogaboo is that self can't get out of self. So if you identify that self, you don't know that self is a foreign installment. You're taking that installment as you all day. Yeah. So no matter how hostile it gets, no matter how heavy it gets, your mind can never, never, never entertain the possibility of being free from it, because it's only entertaining the possibility of being free as it. Well. Yeah. It's trying to get freedom, but it's trying to get freedom as a self, yeah? That's why it's always foiled. It can never produce a long-lasting effect of freedom because it's constrained by a by a paradigm of dualism. So if you find freedom and you believe you did something to get there, as soon as you land there, you believe you can do something to leave. You can't enjoy the freedom. You can't enjoy the peace of mind because you don't know if it will last tomorrow, Yeah? And you're totally addicted to time, so you're not really worried, you're not really able to be here because there and then is looming very large, yeah? The past and future is supreme in the mental realm, much more important than now, much fucking more important. And so if there's the addiction to self and it's reached the point of identification, you are constrained as your manifestation, as a self, by time, unbelievably, unbelievably, So even if it's really great now, you can't totally rest in now because you're being pulled by there and then. Your attention, I won't display. You can't can't enjoy anything. And yet your whole life is about getting to that point. When you arrive at that point, you can't rest. It seeks the other point, other point. We used to have a a way of explaining it really well, I thought. Let's say I have my little apartment, uh, one bedroom apartment. And I'm pretty happy that morning I wake up sitting there, I feel pretty good, chilled out, and then I, there's a magazine, and I look at this beautiful layout, and it's a beautiful layout of a place that looks sort of my size, and they have this wonderful couch, yeah. and there, it's a couch sale, you know, couch uh, advertising, and my mind grabs onto this couch and starts thinking, jeez, and it starts looking around the apartment and realizes it's couchless, yeah, there's no couch in here, and then it starts thinking about how great it would be to have a couch this apartment. And every moment it keeps, and it gets really into it, yeah, it'd be really wonderful to have a couch. Every moment it's entertaining how great it would be to have a couch, it's pointing out to itself that there isn't a couch here now. <laughs> so each now is getting invalidated with this mythical there of when I get that couch. And the mind can go off and, I bet you I'll meet a girl, and we'll come home, and we'll, con- I'll con- we'll conceive our first child on that couch, and I'll marry that girl, and, da, 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 and it goes off and off. And it's got a really nice advertising of how great it would to be to have a couch. But with that advertising, it keeps noticing it doesn't have a couch. And so what was totally okay before is now very painful. Because there's, a, there's the absence of the couch. <laughs> so let's say, okay, now it starts moving to getting this couch. And you can replace the word couch with anything. Girlfriend, job, money, whatever, trip. And so now you're rushed, you're work, working hard, and you're calling people up about, hey man, I'm going to get a couch, and you're really excited. They don't sound to be too excited, you know, but you come over to my couch warming party, it's going to be arriving Saturday, come on, we'll come, oh no, we've got things to do. And so you make a nice room, and you've been you're sweeping it for weeks, you know, and ah, yeah, yeah. And then they come in, and they bring the couch in, and you're really excited, and there's a big rush. And as soon as the couch lands, you put your ass on it, and you're sitting there for about a minute or two, just soaking in the glory of having a couch. And you start looking around the room, and you realize, geez, I gotta get a matching rub, yeah? So now the couch that was this mythical there, that the mind was using to invalidate being here, yeah? You've now arrived at it, and every there you arrive at is immediately seen to be here, yeah? As soon as it becomes a here, it's not enough. Then another mythical there gets produced, yeah? And so you're constantly on this journey of seeking, 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 seeking. And there's no stopping. No stopping. No stopping. And every moment is being denied for that mythical moment that's going to be so great when I arrive. You've interpreted this place as hostile. Your imperative is to get out of here, and this is where the solution is. Is right where you're sitting. This is the only place that being is manifesting. It's not manifesting in the past and the future. The only God in the past and the future is you. That's the only God you'll run into. That's the realm of selfing up there. Because all it does is it pictures you as a body and places you somewhere else at some other time and does what? Thinks about you, doesn't it? When does it do that? Now. It can never do it any other time. So most of the time, how it honors the now is by totally denying the now and living in there and then. Yeah. Shit. And then you hope that, oh, fuck this moment, fuck this day, fuck I'm at work, who cares, this is it. Because you're living for this mythical there. Yet when you get there, you can't embrace it anyway. Yeah. It's a failed system, like it says in alcoholism, AA. Why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? That's a very clean statement, yeah? Yeah. There's a lot of forms of fear, it manifests in a lot of ways, but he's not going into the forms and manifestations. He's saying, why are you in so much fear today? You can't be in fear yesterday or tomorrow, because it's not here. Only today. And he says, before we can answer, he says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? That's it. That's basically all you need to hear. So if I rely on self, it's going to engender or generate fear. And self, trying to get out of self, will do what? Promote more fear. Yeah. And it's never going to promote itself out of fear because it's the source of the fear. Your reliance... You can't be more relied on self than being a self. <laughs> By living as if you're a self, that's an extreme reliance. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking something... And making it you is a pretty damn big meaning that the mind can give. It's the biggest meaning your mind can give anything. It's bigger than giving the meaning to something called God. You is much bigger than God. Because in the situation of God and you, who knows who? Isn't it you know God? You never sense God knowing you, do you? I would say that's actually the better direction. God knowing you, or knowing as you. But most of the way we hold it is, I know God. I'm going to know God. So what's the bigger God in that equation? You, isn't it? Who tells you how you're doing? With your God knowing. You. I would say that's the bigger God. If you're in recovery, look at it, man. Look at the third step. The unspoken step of the whole program is quit playing God. It precedes the main concept of AA. If you read it. It says the how and why of this whole third step is, first, quit playing God. Why? It doesn't work. Then it says next in this drama of life. So, first, quit playing God, then next. God is going to be our father, we're going to be his servants, whatever, yes? That, That system, that positioning can't be attained until the God playing stops, Yeah. How are you going to stop playing God? You can't. But you're not that which plays God. To me, that's quit playing God. You You are not the mind that's playing God. You're seeing the mind play God. I would say you're the seeing of the mind. You're not what's being seen. Hmm? You're the seeing of it. You're that unfiltered, unbroken, unblinking light of awareness. You are the open sky. You are the space, not what's appearing in it. On what level do we have an effect here? Yeah. Let's say I do this a I like this one. So here's a chair. Yes, you see this chair. Let's say a lot of very important people have sat in this chair. A lot of very important asses have sat here for the last 30 years. And it's like, it deep grooves in the rug, and it's hit the wall a couple times. So I'm going to remove the chair. Yeah. <coughs> so, can you see the chair now where it was? No. no. You can only remember it, yes? You can't see it right now. It's gone. Now, all right. Now, let's see. How can, is there any evidence the chair was ever here? The only evidence would be in other things that are appearing, right? The rug, Yeah see the groove and it hit the wall a couple of times so you can see the marks there <coughs> but in the space and also when I moved the chair did I have to move space back in to where the chair was? Did I have to rush to the space closet get a size what size was this chair and it said before you saw the void the emptiness of all emptiness yeah no really did you was there, a, there was there something other than space when I removed the chair? So, in a sense, did, did the chair take up any space, or did it actually, what it's doing is appearing in space, yeah? It didn't take up any space, I didn't have to move anything in, so it's actually an appearance in the space. So when I moved it, there was really nothing else I needed to do, there's nothing there. And when I look at the, if I could see any evidence the chair was here, the only evidence would be where? On the rug and on the wall other appearances, yeah? But in the space, I wouldn't see a groove in the space from where the chair was these 40 years, yeah? There wouldn't be like a piece of space like a chair for a little while. It would have no effect. All right, so, let's say here I am. I'm sitting here. I get up. Now, you can't see me. Maybe I leave the room. So you can't see me either. You can remember Paul was sitting there in the past, but you don't see me, do you? No. Now, where do you see my effects? You don't see my effects at all. If you would see any effects, the only effects would be here. It's so like if I hit this, it would hurt. Watch this, right? But would I, be, would I be hitting something every second? Would I be hitting the space, the space, the space, the space, and then the table or whatever, the mantle? Or do I just move seemingly, very smoothly through the space, then hit something? And I won't hit anything until I hit something that's doing what? Appearing. But if I took this wall away, would I have to move a giant piece of space the size of the wall? Or is this wall doing the exact same thing the chair's doing? It's appearing in the space. What's the difference to me? I'm appearing in the space. I'm not taking up any space. When I move, do you have to move a piece of, of a, sh- a sp- space shape of me here? Would it? Would you have to move it? No. Um, if, let's not go into the atom molecular thing yet. Just, this is just a, to convey something. <coughs> so, in a way. Oh, hmm. <laughs> So, you didn't, there wasn't like a size paw to take up the space that I was taking up, right? So in a way, in regards to the space, do I have any effect on the space? Can I grab it? Can I hit it? Yeah? Can I call, you know, space! Come over here, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to come over here, it's already here, right? <laughs> it's not anywhere other than here at all times, isn't it? Wherever here I may be, it's here. But it doesn't seem like I have any effect on it, does it? But I have a lot of effect on other things that are appearing. Yeah? That's what mind is like. Mind is like that open sky emptiness of space. And this object, and that object, and all these objects are appearing in it. Yeah? But we're not taking up any space. We're inherently not real. Yeah? We're just an appearance. And our life is very well clear that we're appearing. We weren't here, then seemingly a body appeared, and the body's gonna end. Yeah? But the space never wasn't here, the space never was born, and it's not gonna die. I would say that's what our nature is like. It's like that. It's open sky. It's empty. Empty of being a thing. So like Lord Buddha said, when see, see, when hear, hear, when feel, feel, when taste, taste, when touch, touch. The mental interpretation of that is, when see, I'm the seer; when hear, I'm the hearer, when feel, I'm the feeler, yes? This is an interpretation of life called self-centeredness. And we, as the center of that, when we're identified as this, are suffering the effects of that preoccupation. And we're not going to get thoroughly out of it as it. No matter how much knowledge, like it says in recovery, self-knowledge avails us nothing. No matter how much knowledge you acquire about what's driving you crazy, if that knowledge is claimed by what's driving you crazy it will still drive you crazy even more knowing how it's driving you crazy. Yeah? Because you'll have a huge amount of knowledge and yet you won't feel free. So self-knowledge avails us nothing. But if you're not that, the beautiful thing is, if you can entertain this, the best way to get out of something is realize you're never in it. That's the most perfect way to get out of it. It doesn't take any time because you're not leaving anywhere. Yeah? You don't have to go one inch to get away from it, because you were never in it. That's the solution. What the solution reveals about the problem is that it's imaginary. That's what it truly reveals. It's an imaginary, appearance-producing phantom theater of this vague inference, assumption, Pointing to being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity when you're listening listening unconsciously to the thought system. It's like being put under a trance every day by your own little hypnotist up there. And it gets up, it gets has a lot of shenanigans, man. It can produce exquisite suffering. And it's not the it's not the thoughts. It's the audience. It's the mind that's identified as it, that causes the, the, the depth and the technicolor aspect of that suffering. It's not thoughts, because you can have the same thought and be driven crazy by it, and I can be sitting right next to you, and it's not contagious, because I don't see it as my thought. I see it as your thought. I have a somewhat of an immunity to it. But the same thought, the same thought Get put in here and held as my thought will have a huge effect on me also. Yeah? It's not the thought, it's the bearer of the thought, it's the holder of the thought, it's the thinker of the thought, it's the object of the thought. Yeah? Being the object of a thought can drive that object fucking crazy. But if you're not the object, if you're not the thinker, then thoughts are seen more most of the time as Thoughts. And they don't have the energy they used to have, as my thought. It's sort of like the difference between traveling with, let's say, a thousand thoughts a day and each thought weighs an ounce, or a thousand thoughts a day and each thought weighs a pound. The way you travel is going to be much, much different if you're traveling with a weight of a thousand ounces or a weight of a thousand pounds. And that's exactly what's happening up there. The thought system gets really heavy When it's happening to you, or as you, or by you. So try to try to weed out the good and the bad thoughts. Try it. People have done it for thousands of years. It doesn't fucking work. Maybe just question who's the thinker. If it ain't you, you may lose interest in the thought system. Yeah. Because I know one thing that's been proven in this life. What I'm interested in is what is 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 me. Yes or what refers to me. I'm not interested, my interest is wedded to whatever's about me. If If I'm not that me, then my interest and attention gets unwedded to it and gets freed, yeah? And that same interest and attention that when wedded to the idea of self is what's bonding you to that obsession which is producing all the suffering will produce an ease and comfort in your skin. The same, 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 same interest and attention. If its interested in attention is attending to the idea of being a self, it produces lots of fucking suffering. Lots of it. If it loses interest in that because I'm not that, I am not this action figure called Paul, I am more the seeing of this action figure, when that gets broken, the same interest in attention enriches my life. It's what anchors me here and gives me an immunity to what's not happening. Look at most of your fear. Is it truly fear or is it anxiety? It's anxiety. Being produced by the mind obsessing over something that hasn't happened or isn't happening now. So basically, the mind is producing the effects of being in fear out of nothing. It's like a miracle worker every day. You sit, go home, everything's fine. You start thinking about something, and suddenly, you're not fine. The door's locked. No one's threatening you. There's no one at the window with a big bat. There's no creditors calling you at that moment. You actually could respond to the nice space you're in, but you can't because you're obsessed with the reaction of mind, and it's reacting to what's not happening. Or just thinking about it. And the alarms are going off. And what happens is, it produces the physiological effects of fear. Yet, it's not happening right now. You're not having a threat this moment. You're thinking it up. Hmm. It's hard to break if you're the thinker. But if you're not the thinker, it's easy to see. And And it's so easy to see. I mean, it is easy to see something that's not happening. Isn't it? Because it's not happening. I mean, it's not like you have to read 800 pages to learn how to have an immunity to what's not happening, just recognize it. Hey, it's not happening. And maybe you'll be interested in what's happening. And that's the immunity to the what's not happening. But if you're up the ass of self in what's happening, what's not happening will seem to be happening. Yeah? It's very hard to describe why you're so flipped out coming out of what's not happening. People don't really understand it, you know. Well, show me what's driving you crazy. Next week. Oh, yeah really? I thought next week is going to happen next week. Well, I'm having a preemptive next week. My mind is thinking about it. It wants to be sure it can handle it and control it and manage it. And it knows the shit's going to hit the fan next week. So I'm getting used to it by having the shit hit the fan now. Oh, all right. that sounds like a really good fucking strategy. Oh, yeah, it's... It, the real bad things never happen to me. Oh, so it's working. It's like tithing to the God of fear by being anxious about inane things all day. The big, the big thing hasn't happened to me. But each moment, you're fucking not here in a sense. Wow. I'm telling you, the feeling of life isn't going to be brought about by an event. It isn't. But events come and go. The feeling of life is being conscious. It's being on. It's being aware that you're aware, in a sense, yeah? It's being aware of what's happening, instead of being unconsciously obsessed with what's not happening. This is where the joy of living is. And then living changes from a big shopping spree, a commerce, a market, where you're trying to get, 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 as then it becomes like a form of expression. You're just fucking... Doing things because that's what's in front of you. Like today, I paint houses because that's what is in front of me. Tomorrow, I may not because that's what will be in front of me. The same space is there when I'm working and when I'm not working. It's the exact same space. It never blinks. It never changes. Yet, it's amazing. It never changes, but it's new all the time. You'll never get bored of it. It's not like... Shit in the mind, it's like, what the mind does, it's the same old, same old, but after the fifth lap, it changes the scenery, so it looks like it's a different race. It's the same, same old, same old. And that boredom kills you. But this is always the same, and yet it never produces ever boredom. It's new as new can be, yet it's never not new. It's always so. It's a pretty reliable state. And from one, you know, in coming out of recovery, the need to be able to have immunity to the effects of what's not happening is such a fucking para- imperative in recovery. It is. Because people are suffering just on gigantic scales to small scales. Some it's drip, drip, drip. Others it's tsunamis. But it's constantly... Constantly suffering, being reinforced, re-engaged with, regurgitated, resurrected. I mean, if this wasn't possible, it would be punishment to share a message like this. It would, because the mind would just make it into something, and it would just beat itself up with it. But because there is a solution... There is the opportunity to be radically relieved from the obsession with self. There is the opportunity of being placed in a position of neutrality. There is an opportunity that the problem will not exist for you anymore. Yes? What a beautiful solution that is. That you'll feel the conscious presence of this space. That you'll feel a new power flowing in. That you'll lose interest in yourself and your little plans and designs, and you'll gain interest in others. All of these things come to pass. When what happens when the mind shifts from relying on a failed system and starts relying on something that doesn't fail, which is infinite, which is powerful, which is reliable? I mean, to me, it's the best news of all. Because let's say if all your suffering was caused by a a lack of an arm, and the lack of the arm was always going to be in that state, it was always gonna be lacking. So, okay, the suffering is just gonna come from there's no arm, and there's no arm, so the suffering's gonna come from. Yeah? Sort of like a weird logic. I'm suffering because I don't have an arm, and the suffering's gonna keep coming from that, and I don't have an arm, so the suffering's gonna continue. But we're making a lot of it out of nothing. Yeah. It's actually an imaginary field that we're harvesting. We're go we're picking it, it's like picking a crop and what it is, it's like the thoughts go back and they just ruminate around this and we're thinking it's about us and they're our thoughts and so our interest and attention is glued to this preoccupation and it produces an effect in how you travel today you travel heavy and there's no fucking reason in what's happening to be traveling heavy because at that point our reality isn't based on what's happening it's based on what's not happening And anything can happen in what's not happening. Anything. You can be destitute next week. Even though you're fine tonight. You won't be able to enjoy being fine tonight because you're so fucking concerned you'll be destitute next week. You're already destituted. For all intents and purposes. There'll be relief when it finally fucking happens, actually. So then you can mind and get on to something else to worry about. (laughs) I mean, it's actually. Being destitute will become a possibility. It may produce a possibility of getting out of something. But not being destitute, yet thinking you're going to be destitute is an extreme destitution. Extreme. Because no one can help you. They can't give you money to get a hotel, you got a house. They can't take, you know, buy you some food. You got money to buy food. Yeah? There's, There's no relief from what's not happening. I can't. Get, I mean, I can't really sit here and tell you. All right, let's go over this again. <laughs> let's get to the root of it. The root of it is it's not happening. That's where the relief is. Everything else is fucking therapy. The relief is it's not happening. What more do you need to do? It's like jolts you into the moment. Hey, it's fucking not happening, actually. Oh, what is happening? Oh, it's a beautiful day. Jesus Christ. It's warm out. Take this sweater off and oh yeah. I got the whole afternoon on Fucking great. And I got some cash. I think I'll go have a latte. Yeah. Maybe I can help somebody, see how they're doing. Come out the Self, it smells pretty good out of you. <laughs> yeah? Maybe I can visit again. Let me crawl back into my little familiar, you know, my nest up there. Fucking stay out! If it's not you, you can walk away from it and you won't look back. If it's you, even if you have the possibility of being free, you'll go like this. And that's not freedom. You'll suck you right back. You'll try to be free as that. And that's not freedom. That's bondage. That's bondage of self. This is freedom from self, not freedom as self. It's not a self-help program. It's not a message for the self. It's not an invitation to the self. It's an invitation to mind. Mind is in like this mental yogic posture. You know yoga? You know where they sit in certain positions? They call them asanas. We're in this position of self-centeredness all this fucking time. We can't receive anything. This message questions this and then maybe the mind comes out of it. And then you feel the largeness of what you are instead of living the smallness of what you're not. Eh? You feel the largeness of what you are. New possibilities flood in. Hey, I'm okay. Not, I will be okay. Not okayness in time. I was once okay. And I still, I hate to say it out loud, but I still have hope I will be okay. No, I'm okay. Like brazenly okay. In recovery, I'm like a free-range alcoholic. I'm free. Fucking, I don't have to bookend it with, but I'm still crazy. No, I'm fucking not crazy. My mind is sober. I am crazy, but I have a sober mind. My mind is sound. It sees blue from blue and red from red. It can recognize what's not happening in comparison to what's happening. It has no no confusion about that. What's not happening never turns into what's happening. Very distinct, very clear what's happening, what's not happening. <laughs> I have total faith in my total faith in it total faith total faith all it needs is to be able to entertain this possibility so for some of us we need to be invited so here's your like spiritual subpoena you've been served let's see what the mind does you may be drawn into doing things that will facilitate that who knows may just go on the way you're going on, but you'll go on later. Who knows? You'll find out. Yeah? Instead of having like an idea of what it's going to be like, and what you're like, and what they're like, you'll fucking find out what you're like. And it'd be very surprising. And you'll really be surprised when people are, you find out what they're like, instead of knowing what they're like, you'll be surprised as hell. I remember it happened when I was younger. I had so many ideas about my mother, you know? And I did this this thing called s when I was it's in the seventies and they had this you could do it was like a training whatever just whatever it was but there was these things and they had this whole big uh, seminar about sex and I was a Catholic very uptight little Catholic Irish guy from Long Island I mean you can't get any worse than that brought b- up by an Irish grandmother and I so was fucked unbelievably so they talked about you should talk to your mom about her having sex with your father. Go, what? Fuck, my mother's never going to talk about that. And then so one day I brought it up to her. She was happy as hell. She was willing to talk to me about it years ago. It was my idea of her. Yeah? No, I know my mom. No, I fucking did it. She was quite, quite honest about having sex with my father and describing it in great detail. Where I had to tell, mom, stop. That's enough information I can't take anymore. So this idea of knowing to finding out has no relation to finding out. If you know something, you can't find out about it. You can't. You already know it. This is about suspending that. Realize you don't know what the fuck's happening. And then you're put into a position of what? Finding out. And when you find out, that knowledge has the ability to be convincing. Yes? That knowledge can become absolute where you understand something and you never not understand it again. Like, you understand that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success, and you never not understand it again. Never, never, never comes to pass. The mind is over that. It's not fooled, it's not tricked. Self is what defeated us, clear as hell. Never not understanding that. So the mind moves, moves, and instead of becoming convinced and unconvinced, knowing, not knowing, all this bullshit, it now knows because it found out. It's like an unspoken Yes. It becomes unmovable. All those shifting stories of mind, sucking your attention this way and that, following the little ball on the surface of life called you, the object, oh, what's happening to Paul? It doesn't, you, your eye never loses itself in that ball again. It realizes it's not that. Yes, I'm not that. I don't know what the hell I am, but I know what I'm not. And that's all the knowledge I need is knowing what I'm not. Because then I find out what I am. I find out what I am. I can't know it, but I find out what I am. Yeah? Through knowing everything else, I start finding out what I am. Yeah, yeah. So, any questions tonight? Yes? You were talking about um, how the chair... Did you know that it was there? Yeah. Well, if it's there, you, you can't put something else on it because it's occupying space. That's right. So we are occupying space? We're in appearance in space. We're appearing in it, yeah? If this moves, we're not even occupying space. We're appearing in it. In other words, there's space, right? Space, 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 space. Space, 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 Yeah. There's no in and out. I don't stop here, right? I mean, this is not me. Yeah? And that's not you. What we are doesn't stop at where the skin ends. Yeah? I would say where the space. Yeah, yeah? So, this is an appearance in space. But it's not occupying any space, obviously. It was occupying space... When you moved it, there would be lack of space, and you'd have to move something in there. Yeah, but that's not the experience, is it? When I walk away, I didn't have to rush in and put space where I was. So I'm appearing in it. Yeah? This body's appearing in it. I say I am what I am, the context of what's appearing. I am what everything appears in. I am not what's appearing in it. Yeah. But I can't put something right there where you're sitting because you're, you're in the appearances. Yes. In the realm of appearances, I seem to be here, yeah? But I would say in the realm of space, I'm totally ineffectual. I have no effect whatsoever, yeah? So from the point of view of space, basically, I'm inherently nothing because I have no effect. I have no reality, in a sense, yeah, that I can impose on it, yeah? In appearances, it's sort of like if, let's say in the dream, there's a tiger that you're afraid of. You're in the dream, yeah, you're a dream object, and there's a dream object called a tiger, you're scared shit of that tiger. And you're trying to learn how to live with the tiger and read books about how not to be afraid of a tiger. But all the while, when you're the dreamt object called Paul, the tiger is real as real can be to you. Yeah. As a dreamt object, another dreamt object is as real as real can be. The only relief I'm going to get from that dreamt tiger is to wake up. Yeah? When I wake up and realize I'm not the dreamt object, I'm not this, then, the, then that object called a tiger has no threat to me anymore. That's sort of like seeing life from space or the no-thingness instead of seeing it from thingness. Seeing it from thingness as a thing is like being the dreamt object trying to learn how not to be afraid of that dreamt tiger. Yeah? If you're the space, you're not afraid of the dreamt tiger. You don't have to learn how to not be afraid. You're not afraid of it. Yeah? Because the dreamt tiger has no effect on what's awake. It only has an effect on what another dreamt object. Yeah? Yeah? That's sort of what it's like, in mind. We're taking ourselves to be a thing, so we're now at the effect of every other thing. Huge effects, yes? Thoughts are things, and we're at a huge effect by them. Feelings are things, we're affected by them. Objects are things, we're affected by them, yes? We're totally at the effect of things as a thing. I'm saying you may not be a thing. If you're not a thing, then while it's appearing through the thing, you'll travel lighter as the thing. Because you're not. Like Jesus says, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Yeah? So let's say in the world, it's a world of things, isn't it? So he's saying you're in it, you're in this world of things, but you're not of a thing. So what would be the opposite of a thing? A non thing, wouldn't it? You could say that, right? So if I'm not form, I must be formlessness. You would say in the world, the world has time, seemingly, yes? Time is very important. So in the world, being in this world is the being in time. Yeah? But he's saying you're not of time. So what would not being of time be? I would say timeless. Yeah. So seeing from this point of view, from the timeless point of view, time has no fucking effect. Yeah. Seeing from the time point of view, you don't recognize timelessness at all. It matters where the views, where 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 the mind's looking from. If it's looking from appearances, appearances are going to be as real as real can be. If it's looking out of nothingness, they won't seem as real as they seem to be. Yeah? So as seemingly a thing, you'll travel lighter. The thoughts will weigh less than an ounce instead of a pound. And it's more about an economy. You just get pared down. You don't have a wealth of information. You just know what to do next. It's very, very very, very immediate. There's no building up great information. You don't need any information. You've got all the information you need. I'm not that. I'm not that which my mind takes me to be. That's all I need. That's all I fucking need. I don't need any more knowledge than that. As soon as I realize that, <coughs> I'm the mind. I'm the source of all knowledge. I am probably way past acquiring knowledge. All knowledge, as I says, would stem from the mind. Yeah? So, it's just, it's school. It works. If you want to travel lighter, give up that hope, because you never will. If you want to question that you, that wants to travel lighter, then maybe you'll travel lighter. Because the traveling lighter, the less of you in your life, the bigger the life will be. The more of you, the smaller the life will be. Just like in recovery it says... We gotta stop trying to fit circumstances around us because it makes the world very small and it fit us around circumstances, which makes us really large, yeah? It's the same mind. It can play small or it can play large. It plays small as a self, yeah? And it plays large as the absence of self. It's the same mind, though. So check it out. Check out just the difference between fear and anxiety check out the difference between what's not happening and what's happening check out the difference between a thought and my thought check it out see if it works see if one seems to be lighter than the other <clears throat> so if the lightness of if the principle of lightness is expressed in that one example yeah expressed in the next example in the next example you're onto something jeez so if I'm not that which takes itself to to be the doer and the haver of everything if I'm not that, yes what could possibly possibly happen you may find that what happens is you travel later instead of life seeing constantly as it's happening to you you'll just see life happening it's a lot different way of traveling when you see life happening instead of what's happening to you it's a totally different way of living a day totally different totally different First of all, it doesn't build up much residue. It doesn't have much resentments being produced. It doesn't have a lot of anxiety and fear because it has the wherewithal to deal with what's ever on the table for that one day. You have no ability to deal with all those things, all those things that that can appear to happen and what's not happening. You're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed, yeah, constantly. And you're trying to process it because you think it's you doing everything. And you've just, you've met your match. The only way is to surrender, is to give up, is to fucking, I'm not managerial quality. Yeah. How much thought do you put right now? None. In my mind, when I'm sitting here, there's no thought at all about what's happening. It's always about what's not happening. Yeah. All right, so I see the thought, and now it's I can the old habit would be my attention and interest would get into that thought, and the thought would take its little train to a, a local or express destination to a, some kind of mental hell, And there we go. And as my interest and attention followed that train of thought, I would slowly become unconscious to what? What's happening Yeah. To a point where I wouldn't have any anchor to what's happening anymore. I'd be just floating in what's not happening. So after it sucked me over to this place, it would boomerang me back to a past event And it would get to a point where I would forget what here Yeah, is. I'd always be living in there. And it has made up here, but they're not the here that this is. They're mental here's. I'd be fucking just floating. Floating in a mental realm. My attention and interest. And I'd have no ability to respond to what's happening. You know, the greatest thing could be happening right now in front of me. But my interest and attention would pay very little interest in it. It would be obsessed... What's going to happen tomorrow? It's, someone could, I saw a guy, he, he got $250,000 in inheritance. Yeah, he Calls me up and he comes over and he starts telling me all these terrible problems that have ensued since he got the money. I can't, I don't know if I should share this with my friends. I said, hey bro, if you're having trouble, kick down. Give me 20000 You know what I mean? I'll be able to enjoy it right now. Kicked out 70,000. He's unwilling to give it, but he's bitching totally about it. I couldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> you know, a very nice possibility. The tentacles are selfish. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. T- Jesus Christ! If you dropped into heaven, I swear you'd make it hell in a day. You can't handle fucking freedom. <laughs> it doesn't want freedom. It wants bondage. That's what it wants. Look at what you have. That's what it wants. It's, I mean, it's not rocket science. Look at what you got, and that's what it wants. If you're obsessed with what's not happening, you're in the realm of selfing. You're not, but your interest and attention is sucked up that ass of self. Yeah, Self will never get out of the ass of self. No way. There's a lot of exit doors, but none of them lead to a freedom from self. None of them. I'm not that, that's pretty good. Yeah. And I'll just share on you with you, from the solutions point of view, there is no problem. Seriously. It's not real. It's an activity of mind called selfing. So on, has got a lot of oomph, and it keeps generating and generating and regenerating, but it can't produce what, it, what it's attempting to produce. You will never lose your real nature and become a self. You will never, it will never happen. All you can do is appear to be a self when you're obsessed with that mind system. That's the only way. That's the only way. There will seem to be an appearance of you as a self, but it will never become a self. It's like the most unfulfilled desire of all time. It's like the perfect addiction. Just like when I used to shoot coke. I never got to a point where I shot this one hit and I never did coke again. I said, oh, i reached it. I've reached total satisfaction with coke shooting. Never have to go back there, no. As soon as I do a shot of coke, even, and if it was better, it was even worse. It would be like 10 minutes for the next shot, 6 minutes for the next shot, 2 minutes for the next shot. That's what an addiction is. It's a redoing, a redoing, a redoing, a redoing. That's what the mind is doing with this idea of being a self. Selfing is the addiction. That's you're shooting up the drug of mine, which is, I'm a self. I be my, I'm very special. I'm very unique. No one thinks like I do. No one feels like I do. Blah, 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 blah. And it has to keep shooting up because it can never be yourself. You're never going to find fulfillment. It's not going to become so. So it's just like every other addiction. It gets... It never, never sustains any satisfaction. Ever. Yeah? Now, any addiction sustains the satisfaction. It just gets worse and worse. You have to do more and more, and you get less and less joy out of it. Yeah? That's what selfing is exactly what it's like. But now we're bonded to it, so we can't fucking entertain being free of it, because we're identified as it. Yeah? See you guys. This is like overtime, I don't know. just Nice to see you, but I don't I will have people. Any-